Welcome to Elder Speak, and actually we have reached our 10th episode. You know, to everybody who said that we wouldn't make it to number 10, screw you. So here we are, episode 10, um, as always, um, well not as always, this week I'm your host, I'm Randy, editor-in-chief of uh, ElderGeek.com, uh, with me is Kip Petrantonio, um, Mats Polska, oh sorry, I'll let you say your highs. Kip, go ahead, say hi. Hi, hi. Alright, and <laughs> we've got Mats with us as well. Hey man. Elliot? Hi. And Gavin Green, who's actually just back from E3. Yo. All right. Let's, uh, let's go right into E3. Let's actually, uh, Gavin, you're, you're actually going to be center stage on this one. So, uh, you know, I strap yourself in. You, okay. you should. How, um, first of all, tell us how you liked it. What, what was it like? Oh, man. I mean, it was it was an incredible rush. I mean, it was a logistical bitch to get down there, but um, once I did and once I got things going, it was just it was really incredible. It felt uh, it was a really uh, felt almost like a comforting experience because as a media guy with my media pass, I had like a lo- um, hospitality hospitality lounge I could attend and chill. They had all these lovely couches. I got to talk to all the developers, and it was a real treat. Um, and I just need if if I can get the logistics down next year, I mean, uh, it'll just be paradise. But it was it was an incredible experience. It was a rush. It just went by so quickly. There were there was no room in any day for writing practically. Yeah, <laughs> but it's a lifestyle I can definitely get used to. Well, last okay. ap- episode, uh, Mots Kip. Uh, Dan and I actually kind of uh, went a real quick round the uh, the room to to say who we kind of thought won E3. Do you do you have any thoughts as to who you thought won E3 this time? Um, uh, this is in terms of the big three. Yeah. In terms of the big three, if you <clears throat> if you want to pull something out of your hat and say like you know Ubisoft won, then please feel free. <laughs> no, both Ubisoft and EA were more about uh, new media than uh, new announcements. But I really. Honestly, don't think there's a um, there's a clear winner this year. Uh, I think um, all of them hit high notes, but none of them really branched out to uh, to um, become uh, to be superior to any uh, any other conference. So um, I really can't place a winner. Uh, okay. Uh, so so you don't really have. If you had to choose something, if you had to choose... One. Oh, okay. If I, if we're going to play this one. Um, yeah. yeah, we're going to play You Have to Pick One of Your Kids to Die. Who dies? Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, it's difficult. I mean, in terms of press conference, as a press conference, I'm going to have to give it to Microsoft because that was probably the most fun to be at. Um, in terms of um, press conferences uh, as being game-centric and for the gamers. Sony most definitely was um, best for that. They placated our, the audience, and we loved them for it. Um, but I have to give props to Nintendo, too, because they um, they were probably the most surprising um, uh, conference, not for any game, just the fact that they were competent this year, and they were able to keep Miss Dunaway 
um, off the family uh, off the family chats. So that was you should um, being in the audience for Nintendo and Sony was one of the most fun experience because right away it seemed like Nintendo was set to um, completely revert back to 2008 because when uh, Miss Dunaway was announced and began walking on stage, no one was clapping. <laughs> we were all looking to each other and groaning and just like uh, face palming it. But um, yeah, it was it was the the most improved thing about uh, from last year. Did you did you manage yeah, to get so to I'm see gonna... all three of them? Um, no, Microsoft and uh, Ubisoft and EA were all on Monday, which I didn't oh. get down to LA until the beginning of the um, EA pod, uh, EA press conference. Now we we were actually watching it kind of live, you know, on the internet when it was actually going on, and it was it some, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I couldn't tell if it was the acoustics that we were hearing through our mics, but which one of those two conferences, either Sony or Nintendo, which one of those two actually had like the the louder and more active audience responses, you know, to to their conferences? All right, now um, I can't really speak uber officially on Nintendo because what happened was I was at the secondary location. Um, Nintendo's press conference was filmed at Club Nokia, and oh. they had an overflow of people. I was at the Nokia Theater about a couple blocks away, and basically you were watching it on the laptop. I was watching it on a 70-inch screen. <laughs> so I was watching a feed with about 400 other people. It was rather depressing. But um, So I'm going to have to go through um, the audience I had. Barely any applause for Nintendo. And from what I heard um, via the HD feed, not a lot of uh, applause on their end. Sony probably hands down uh, so much more applause. Um, that's because you know we were being um, we were being spoiled the entire time. It was exactly what we wanted to see. Hey, I'm back. Hey, what's up? Kip? Um, <laughs> oh, you were gone. No what? Yeah, I tried to keep <laughs> it on the low. I tried to see if we could go ahead and do it without anyone noticing, and it worked perfectly until Kip said, "Kip said, hey, I'm back." You should have said, "It'd be awesome." No, but both of them. Um, both uh, Nintendo and Sony had amazing audiences, not for applause, but for commentary. Like Nintendo, all the casual games were getting like an MST 3K riff from a couple guys behind me, and Sony, uh, the Sony, um, um, what's the word, audience, um, made fun of some of the uh, devices. Like they uh, raucously applauded for the Hannah Montana PSP bundle. <laughs> so it was a lot of self-referential humor in both audiences. But yeah, Sony, cool. much much more fandom reaction. Um, as far as the show floor goes, uh, who who had number one? Who had the most impressive display there? Who had the most impressive booth? And two, mm. who had the best game that you were able to play? Okay, um, most impressive booth. Um, I'd have to. Um, EA had a really strong booth. I mean, you would assume because they, you know, with the, with their profit margin for the past few years, if they didn't. They would they would just be pitiful, but they had a really nice um, really nice setup, a really open stage area. Um, the only problem they had was when doing interviews with um, Bioware and um, uh, what's um, Visceral Games and all that stuff. Their their MC was terrible, absolutely <laughs> terrible. He told Joe, uh, I mean, my 82 year old grandmother is a better stand up comedian than this dude, but. Um, <laughs> Um, other than that, um, the PlayStation um, the PlayStation area wasn't necessarily impressive. It was just um, sophistic. The layout was very sophisticated. The look was very nice. Um, but yeah, EA would probably have the best. None of the big three had anything uh, spectacular. Uh, that and Activision had this 
tremendous layout with a gigantic screen and DJ booth um, and huge uh, setups for Guitar Hero 5 and uh, Guitar Hero Van Halen. And, of course, cool. they have that little separate area for uh, Modern Warfare 2. But in terms of games that I played, I mean, God of War 3 was, as expected, amazing. But um, probably going to disappoint a lot of people because um, when I was doing games to um, interview for the site, um, a lot of the uh, user comments were, do the lesser games because we'll, we'll just go to the other, uh, you know, go and find uh, the bigger games everywhere else, which is a little bit of an insult, but... So I was focused on the little games, but the one I had most fun with was surprisingly the um, Silent Hill Shattered Memories for the Wii. And I really, just, I, yeah. And Randy knows my thoughts on the Wii. Um, this the yeah, but uh, it's not his favorite console. He he enjoys it. It's just not his favorite console. <laughs> wait wait wait. I enjoy it. When, when did that come? No. Um, but I mean, it was an impressive game. I mean, yeah, the Silent Hill license is one of my favorites. I'm a definite fanboy. But I had the best demo guy. He was the lead tester on the title. Absolutely amazing. I mean, he was like, um, so in this game, we got a lot of new shit. I'm going to show you this new shit. Here's the new shit in the game. Do you know, are you sure about this shit? Do you have any questions on this shit? Okay, let's move to this next shit. <laughs> Just bam, bam, bam. I mean, you knew he memorized it, but it wasn't like he was reading from a card. I mean, he was so good that had there been a Wii uh, for sale there, I was probably going to buy one. That is just how good he is. I mean, I I want I want him to do every, you know demo every game now from now on. But that was probably the most fun I had um, playing a single game. That and Bayonetta. Bayonetta was just incredible. God, I hate really? Bayonetta. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you get past the you know the extreme the licentious uh, main, uh, main protagonist that looks like Sarah Palin, um, but the gameplay. Well, how, is... how about the guy going? How about the guy going? The name is Luca. Um, that wasn't part of the demo, actually. So luckily, that was that was nice. But uh, the gameplay was a step up. Uh, excuse me from Devil May Cry, and that's a real compliment because Devil May Cry is some of the best um, action gameplay there is. Um, it, there was, it was really simple to pull off extravagant combos and um, had a real arcade feel. Like, um, you collected coins instead of glowing red orbs, and um, the enemies near death would have those uh, the stars circling their head. And it, it was a lot of fun. You just have to, you know, look past the fact that the main character is a slut. So, <laughs> yeah, so, so I'm curious. Uh, back to Silent Hill a, a bit. Um, yeah. Compared to... To, I mean, I saw a few videos, and it, it looked like it was more sort of uh, jump out scares rather than creep, rather than the creep factor that other games are known for. So, do you think that's still a part of the game, or have they sort of transitioned into this new stuff? Well, I mean, it is an American, it is an American developer, so or at yeah. least a Western developer, so that's definitely going to be the case. But um, what's difficult? Um, that game does not do well in trailers. You really have to grab a hold of it because it is. Um, whereas Dead Space didn't have a HUD, this is the step up. I mean, there's barely anything. Um, you control the flashlight with a Wii remote. You look. Um, there are some first-person segments where you're looking around through the character's eyes, and it's really immersive. And through that, they were able to get a lot of creepy, um, surreal moments. And, but is it going to maintain that kind of tense um, psychological fear? Uh, from what I saw, there wasn't a lot of that, but that could be strung out across the game, but um, being um, being able to control a character that uh, t- 
to that degree definitely uh, puts you in the atmosphere, and the atmosphere is still very much Silent Hill. Because mm. I reviewed the uh, the fifth one, or I guess Homecoming for the site, and although yeah, that was renamed, did... that was renamed because they were too ashamed of it to put it into canon. Yeah, that's that's and, my and, assumption. Yeah, and though it it didn't have the creep factor and it didn't have the tension, uh, mostly there were some moments that were on par, or maybe even better than the best moments of Silent Hill 2 and 3. So mm. so I'm guessing that's probably going to be the same case with the, this one. Um, I don't know. I mean, um, I definitely had a lot more fun playing it than Silent Hill Homecoming. Um, mm. It's extraordinarily difficult to explain. It really feels like this this game, more than anything, has made me feel like the Wii could actually be a good idea. Um, it, it it really serves to put you in, and you, re- you react on a much deeper level than... Um, playing most games although still i mean yeah am i gonna am i gonna put it above any other silent hill no probably more than five origins and the cell phone game sure but um yeah nothing uh nothing has beaten silent hill 2 yet and i can't see it happening so so how about your arcade game then you think you think that's better (laughs) oh i actually didn't play the arcade game i didn't hit it uh, hit that um yeah, sure. Have fun with that. <laughs> uh, there's also a uh, iPhone game for the cell, uh, for Silent Hill yeah. um, on display, but I make it a point never to play games on cell phones. <laughs> hmm. That is my, that is one of my things. But it, you know, if it looks interesting, but why? Also, huh? Why? I I just really really dis, um, dislike the idea. <laughs> I'm a I'm a very I'm very much an isolationist gamer. I love the idea, because whenever I need to step away from work and I need to escape, the cell phone is like the most discreet thing that I can pull out and actually enjoy, you know? Exactly. Plus, oh, hell, uh, I don't I mean, care about discretion. I pull out my PSP. I'm fine with that. Yeah, <laughs> well, my DS. Yeah, so you have there a you PSP, go. right? An iPhone is basically <laughs> the same in terms of graphical fidelity, isn't it? Oh, yeah, um, absolutely. I, 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 it depends on the de- uh, depends on the development team. Um, it's 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 difficult to get the full um, range of the iPhone's capabilities out, but if you have a competent developer working on a project, yeah, you're going to see PSP level and in some cases superior to PSP level graphics. Yeah. Hmm. Yep. Um, oh, cool, cool. Um, I think I think we got either. Uh, well, anyway, never mind. Um, okay. So what? Um, you want to go again next year? Hell yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I wanted to I, I go back. Got, got, I wanted I to go say, back the going. second after I finished uh, my last interview. All right. Um, anybody else have any other questions for uh, for Gavin, real quick? I mean, I'm oh, sure you've got a ton of other stories to tell. Were there lots of lions you had to wait in? Actually, no. Um, the ga- uh, the expo was split up across the multiple halls of the LA Convention Center, and forty thousand people isn't that much. So, sure, the games, uh, the big games. Um, had lines, of course, but since my focus was on the smaller games this year, um, barely any lines. Like I, the most I probably stood in line, excuse me, was about twenty minutes, which is nothing, absolutely nothing in terms of waiting for a game. I mean, when I played the God of War three demo just for me, that was um, that was the longest I spent in any line. So, huh? Interesting. How was that? Hmm. How was the God of War three demo? Exactly as you expect. It's practically button for button God of War 2 with be- uh, better graphics and g- more gruesome details. Zipper Tech is is gory and awesome. Yeah. Just, well, um, don't fix what isn't broken. Absolutely. 
Um, but usually, uh, God of War games go button for button, and later on in the game, they bring some sort of new adventure to it. And the demo, unfortunately, didn't have a lot of the new mechanics the trailer showed. I, I didn't catch any ability to wall run, or um, didn't use a lot of the new weapons, but it still felt amazing. And it, and even though it's the fifth game in this in the franchise by now, it's still incredibly fun. So and, did you get to did you get to uh, rip a guy's head off with your bare hands? No, but I did get to slice out um, a, cent- a centaur's organs. <laughs> cool. Uh, and they f- and it was uh, there was there was rag. It felt like there were ragdoll physics on each individual organ as they flew out. Like I, I thought I saw like the liver bounce a little bit. I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh, this is delicious. awesome. <laughs> Whoa! It was a lot. It was a lot of fun. Although I um, I was stopped eventually in the show, like my last day, by Playboy, which I thought was interesting. And like, what? How did they come to me? And like, this guy looks oh, uh, ugly and lonely. It's like he's our demographic. Let's talk to him. But um, uh, yeah, they asked me what my game was, and I just you know pulled something out of my ass. I said Uncharted 2 because the demo for that was just really good. I it was a lot of fun, and audience reaction helped that. Wait, you did you say I, they asked you about Microsoft? Oh no! They asked me about my favorite game. Oh okay, and sorry. I just, I just pulled something out of my ass because <laughs> now you said Playboy. you said this was Playboy that asked you this. Yes, Playboy. Ah, score. Sure. So you're saying <laughs> we're gonna be in Playboy Mansion by the end of the year? I get you. Eh, end of the summer. Yeah. <laughs> did you did you did you plug the site at all? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, most of the time was you know, hi, I'm this from ElderGeek.com. Did a, I, I made up a couple slogans for us that I can't actually <laughs> right now. That's how good God. they were. Oh, God, I want to hear, I wanna hear one. What? I said I wanted to hear one. I I'm, wanted to hear what your your slogan. Sorry, was. man. I I, I Although um, one of my tasks from Randy at E3 was um, you know networking or as I call it, ass kissing, and I'm really good at that. So basically, I'm very proud of this. I missed EA. I missed EA's booth. But every single other game company that had a booth at that show had a, has a copy of my business card and remembers me. I can guarantee it. Awesome. Are they remembering nice. you in a good way or in a bad way? Does that matter? <laughs> <laughs> no such thing as bad press, man. But no, I was, you know, it was so weird because um, Randy said, uh, you know, Randy sent me a list of companies that um, had been really helpful to us, had sent us games to review, uh, game companies, and he said, be really nice to these guys, tell them how much we appreciate them. And as I kept going to the booth, that became my general slogan for everybody. Although, you know, the ones that did give us stuff, I was more cordial to. But it was just like every company is like, oh, you guys have been so good. We're a new company, but you've been great. And um, most of these people had um, women fronting the PR um, the PR booth, which I don't know what that means. But um, they found me adorable, which creeped me out, But which was nice. It's like, oh, you're so sweet. I'm like, thank you. Will you that take my business card? Yeah beautiful, yeah, beautiful booth babes hitting on me always creeps me out too. What? <laughs> no, no, these were PR women. These weren't booth babes. These were suits. They weren't. They weren't the, the dress up girls. They were they not were, a lot of booth babes this year. Not a lot Aww. of booth babes. It made me sad. It made me a sad Gavin. But well, there, you... I did get my one booth babe. I got me my bayonetta booth babe. 
You got Will's, some. You got two other booth babe girls too. A couple of blondies I saw. Alpha Protocol, I think. Yeah, Alpha Protocol with water pistols. Yes, it was. Yeah. And I got I got an interview and demo gameplay from those guys. So that should be fun. Awesome. You know, I but think yeah, if we I, ever if we ever needed to sneak women into any future E3 shows, we just need to dress them up like anybody and then just say, oh yeah, yeah she's a booth babe for whoever, and they'll let her through. Uh, they had they had they had, um, despite all their costumes, they had like. Certification directly in front of them at all times is kind of get out. Kind of actually ruined the co- nope. They had wow. they had they had prettier badges than me, which which made me sad. How uh, how stiff was the security there? Um, not bad. I mean, it was set up in a way that it didn't have to have a lot of security. I mean, um, they had a black light, and your uh, badge would show uh, would had a watermark, so you would hmm. just literally have to have it face forward and walk through, and they would catch a glimpse your way, and that would be it. But cool. very efficient, though. Very Any efficient. swag? Not a lot. I'm not a very swag-getting person. And as I walked around, I um, didn't get didn't add a lot. I got a lot of T-shirts. A lot of T-shirts. Cool. Um, nice. I got a pair of sunglasses. I don't know who gave them to me. I'm pretty sure it was in connection to a game. But there was some guy in the <laughs> middle of the show floor, like, sunglasses. I'm like, okay. <laughs> they're decent sunglasses too. I mean, these are sunglasses I can considerably wear. They're it's probably cheap. Yeah. What? What'd you say, Kip? I said it was. I said it was probably Kojima, and you just missed it. You <laughs> <laughs> stole his glasses while he was in the bathroom. I'm just gonna take Kojima's glasses and run. Now Ooh. who's stealthy, bitch? <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um. The the the. Even the media reaction had a lot of fanboy press to um, the rising announcement. It was it was hilarious. Really? Absolutely. Yeah. Very so, much so. Although per, maybe it was the media guys plus one because there were a lot of guys that were just you know sitting there and chilling, where whereas um, their friends next to them were working or uploading footage. So I don't know exactly what their job were uh, job was. Maybe it was just fanboy bitching because they were exceptionally good at that. Wait, so in the press room? In the press room, yep. Okay. Then again, there were sites devoted to specific systems, so uh, protective response to something like that would be logical, but... Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I thought it was exclusive up until it was announced for multi-platform, so... That was actually a mistake in one of my recap articles, so for anyone listening, sorry. (laughs) Uh, did you? Um, are you gonna have any hands-on uh, features for us? Okay, uh, let me just check out here. I have the uh, all of my audio footage, and this isn't this just um, this isn't even the extent of games I played. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen interviews, ranging awesome. from three minutes from three minutes to twenty minutes. Oh, well, who, who uh, are they? Don't uh, don't uh, don't tease us like this. Who are they? What companies are they with? A lot of people were just like, I'm a media guy, and I don't know, I can't answer a lot of questions, but I'll do my best. Like, uh, I, I don't know why I made them Carol Channing, but, um, uh, <laughs> but, you know, there, um, a lot of these games, uh, you know, being developed in Japan, I couldn't get, you know, actual staff on them, but I did get a lot of PR guys, and they knew, you know, they knew the basic spiel, and I could get something out of that. Um, I, I interviewed the ass out of the conduit. <laughs> I got a I got a woman talking about high voltage software from beginning to end in terms of build, uh, the business. I got the lead designer walking me through gameplay and t- uh, answering all my questions, and I got an interview with the lead voice actor for the game. Bam! Wow! Ooh, nice. nice! Wow! I got, 
uh, let's see. Uh, all right, I'm trying to remember because um, with the 14 interviews I got, I played about 14 more games um, without just me playing by myself, um, which I do quite frequently. Um, but I got, let's see, interviews, Bayonetta, um, Alpha Protocol, uh, Wet, a new Bethesda property called Rogue Warrior, um, yeah. Shut Silent Hill, of course. Uh, the Saw game, because I had absolutely no idea what that was about, so I wanted to get some info on that. Um, got a guy with Atlas. Got a guy with... Um, it's so it's hard to remember all the titles now, because I just have them as generic, uh, generically named um, vo- uh, voice uh, audio files. But I got, a, I got a lot of stuff, so I'm very happy with the amount I got. And that's going to be just filling up the site in the next few days, because these are going to take a while. For the detail, because I'm gonna talk about the, I'm gonna talk about each one, each per, each person's booth uh, booth space. I'm gonna talk about their setup. Gonna talk about my gameplay impressions. Gonna talk about my interview, and so it's um, look, look for that. There's gonna be a lot more E3 content. Uh, content. It wasn't just recap articles. Excellent. Awesome. Really, I'm really looking forward to it. That's great. Oh yeah, my Bethesda. Uh, I got the last Bethesda appointment of the show this year. Yes, I feel incredibly special because um, Brink was announced at this year's E3. I got a closed-door presentation of that game, so I'm very Ooh, happy with that. Nice. Did, were you impressed by what you saw? Um, it's not my cup of tea, but um, I'm, impre- I'm impressed with the uh, technical aspect of it. I'm impressed with the gameplay. So, um, so I can appreciate what, 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 it. It's just not my kind of thing. So, for, for you have some kind of an embargo. Sorry. Sorry. For the people that don't know, what exactly is Brink? What kind of game is it? I'm not sure exactly how much I can talk about because it, it was very much like, oh, we don't want any audio recording, we don't want any movie recording. Um, so I'm not sure if I can actually talk about it at all. But it's a, um, it's well, I'm just gonna say um, it's a uh, multiplayer um, co-op and single-player um, shooter ex- uh, first uh, first person third person shooter experience. Um, that uh, you can see um, systematically travel from co-op, single, or multiplayer at any time. Very, very fluid and um, 16, uh, 16 player, and takes place in future dystopia. It looks really good, but I can't. I'm going to be protective here of my ass and of Elder Geeks Collective ass. <laughs> Thank re- you. <laughs> I'm going to recontact Bethesda so I can. I, I know how much I could talk about. So, um, so before I do the article, I'm just going to. Um, Make sure exactly what I can say, what I can't say, because if if they presented it to me, I'm I'm assuming I can talk about it, but well, with the amount of security always, I have to go through, what was, you could always do though is is write an article, and and many times you can actually just send it to them and let them edit it, and then send mm-hmm. it back. They'll they'll do yeah. that. Their PR department will do that for you. Oh, okay, that's nice. Did I you have to do sign that, anything, Gavin? No, I did not. Okay, then you, I don't really see any legal obligation. I mean, if you'd ever signed anything, you didn't sign an embargo That's, agreement. That is true. <laughs> it would be Bethesda, though, to provide a... Um, wait, okay. Uh, um, Elliot says... Uh, Elliot is at, um, wrote, who is fellating uh, my mic? Is that me? I don't, think that was, I don't think that was a legitimate question. I think it was because we had some crazy feedback a couple of seconds no, I'm ago. Just, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty close to my mic, so I'm sounding okay. I just want to make yeah, sure. Yeah, you're okay. I'm, <laughs> I'm okay, pretty okay. sure it's Kip, so it's fine. Oh, okay. Chip loves his mic. Mm, don't we all? <laughs> I got me a nice, tall, slender mic. Oh, it's so nice. Um, <laughs> wait, I have more stories. I'm going to try and remember all these little stories that I didn't put in the recap articles. 
Um, met a lot of, uh, saw a lot of celebrities. Did not meet a lot of celebrities. Um, saw in Guy Crowell a couple times in the line for Sony. Um, he, uh, he was all, you know, constantly talking like, he would end a conversation and begin another one. It was like an episode of the West Wing. Just like, he would be constantly talking for, uh, the entire extent I was in that line and that was a good 45 minutes. I think, I thought I would have to put an appointment in for him. I, um, saw Tommy Tallarico. Uh, for those guys that don't know, uh, he's a very famous video game composer. He is actually uh, one of the heads of development of the Video Games Live um, Orchestra Tour, where they uh, 40Ps Orchestra uh, plays the various hits from video games. Cool. Very I'm going to go guy. see them this. Uh, the, I'm oh, going to go nice. see them next month. I caught the, them at uh, for all 2007. Really good show. Amazing show. The guys at Wap Beach are actually pretty close with him. Oh, very cool. But yeah. uh, he was in such. Uh, he was in a conversation. He was just so passionate it seemed like it was really aggressive and i got i kind of got scared he i mean he's, so, he's he's a short fellow i mean he only comes up about chest high to me and i'm only about six uh six feet so but he seemed like really really passionate it was kind of scary um also saw stuttering craig and jose el mexicano from Screwtack. so that was pretty nice cool so 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 you talked to him in person then you didn't just overhear him um talk to who uh the video game live guy um, couldn't uh, couldn't get in conversation with them. Uh, most of these guys were with their friends, and as uh, people approached um, Tommy Tallarico, or uh, his friends seemed to close in on him almost. Like it wasn't like a uh, it wasn't like they were physically moving in like body uh, bodyguards, but there was a definite sense of I'm not going to talk. Don't really approach me. And I'm not saying this guy's an asshole that, for doing that. Doing that, it's just that's the impression I got. So I was kind of scared. I didn't want to. Yeah. I don't want to make Tommy Tallarico mad. Well, you got to imagine like you got to imagine that he gets 10, 20 people coming up to him every day, especially at E3, so it it's probably going to get annoying after a while. Oh, yeah. Oh, no matter how big, flattering it is. Big announcement out of E3, I found Waldo. <laughs> I saw that. Found Waldo, man. And he, he was with his two incredibly hot like uh, friends. Friends with benefits, it seemed. They were all close seemed, to the guy. Yeah, honestly. They're, they're, no wonder Waldo goes missing all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yep, found Waldo. Great guy. Um, let's see. Uh, any other E3 stories? I mean, most of it's really in my recap articles. I try to get as much as I can in there. Um, yeah, any other questions that could probably help me dive into another story? Did the Atlas guys mention anything about... Another Shin Megami Tensei game. That was one of the oh I don't know I'm just the American team question uh, answer. It's like that's um, my assumption was because they had Persona for the PSP on display. I'm like okay, um, yeah. is it a safe assumption then that strong sales of the original Persona will promote a Persona 2 release on the PSP? And he's like, well that's all up to the Japanese team and they send us everything. I'm like, wow okay whipped. All right never mind. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, yeah, so not a lot of detail out of that. I did get a lot of user questions answered, though. Cool. cool. So that was cool. me happy. Uh, what else? What else? What else? Um, if, any, if anybody from the um, forums as well has questions for Gavin, we can make a little thread, you know, ask Gavin questions about E3. So feel That's free sure. to ask questions as well that way. I'm much more eloquent when I type than I speak anyway. So that would be nice. <laughs> um, what else? 
I'm surprised by how much, how many rock band versions there were. They're all the same. <laughs> like they had Lego Rock Band, they had Rock Band this, they had Rock Band on PSP, and Rock Band on PSP was probably the most different. But it's like Lego Rock Band. It is exactly as you think it is. <laughs> it is Rock Band. So what kind of music Legos. does it have? Huh? Um, most of these demos only had about six songs from various groups, uh, various genres, and every single one of the people that got up there to play seemed to like the final countdown. Shocker. Oh, of course they did. Power Rock song. Yeah. I have the but T-shirt I... that says "The Final Countdown" on it with a picture of Job on it from from yeah. uh, Arrested yes. Development. Awesome. awesome. <laughs> nice. But other um, Lego Rock Band definitely seems more general driven. It's not as rock driven. I think I saw like, um, what? Uh, I think I saw the Macarena on there. Which how can you put into Rock Band? I'd love well, to see. I think... but... I, I think that's, you know, Lego Rock Band's supposed to be targeted towards more like the kids and stuff, so Macarena. It's, yeah, I like, guess I could see that. Did you? But yeah, just, sorry. What time? Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, no, um, I finished my thought. I was just kind of mumbling. What, what's up? I was wondering if was you got wondering. to see the rapping game by Activision. The ra- um, DJ I Hero. Saw it on, what, DJ Hero? Oh, yeah, no. that's, not, that's oh. not a rapping game, right? Uh, that's, no, there, uh, there's supposed to be a rap. I, I can't remember what it's called, but it looked really interesting. It's basically SingStar with rap. It's, it's Def Jam something. Yeah. Oh. oh, I didn't see I didn't see any displays for that. Um, okay. I uh, did see a huge booth for DJ Hero though. Okay. Um, okay. Strangely enough, no gameplay, just a DJ just a with the controller. Yeah. Hey, I, I have a question. Um, obviously, because I just asked one, but um, I, I know on live uh, said that they were not going to show up at the at the show, but and they some have- of their Oh, I know they wouldn't, but EA and uh, Ubisoft are their big backers. Did did they say anything about OnLive or the OnLive service at all while they were there? Um, uh, no, never heard anything. It seemed like uh, OnLive was keeping them pretty, um, keeping them pretty mum. The only time I actually saw OnLive at all was they actually had a little uh, kiosk outside the convention, and they were handing out just like little uh, promotional flyers about the service. Ah, uh, you know they they might they they actually might not have been at E three then because they they probably booked too late. I mean, I, I got an email from E uh, three actually on the closing day saying that they made enough business to of course you know have E three you know twenty ten and it seemed as though they sold most of their their space already. So E three twenty ten is is probably going to be pretty cool. Or um, PAX or TGS this year probably. Yeah, I wanted to, I wanted to go to PAX, but uh, I actually thought it was in Boston, but it's in Seattle, so I might not be going to that. <laughs> yeah, my parents live up in Redmond, so that would be cool. I'm pretty sure uh, my stepfather usually attends PAX if it's in Seattle. That would be nice. Maybe I can get some info out of him. Yeah, uh, stepdad. What? Huh? Oh, definitely, man. He's the one that got me into gaming. He had an entire library of old LucasArts adventure games. Whoa, so awesome. Yep. Um, let's see. What else? I mean, um, one of the great hey, so, joys of one of the great joys of this year's conference was, um, unlike last year, from what I've heard, I only caught about ten games out of the five hundred that were there that could be considered purely casual. I mean, this was real, very much a show for us, for actual gamers, which is which is very nice. And it was a it was a huge relief, and um, not not just a relief. It was a huge um, it was a huge joy because that's what the show is supposed to be about. So yeah, well, definitely a return to form for E3, and hopefully they can continue on this path to get it back up to 
late nineties and uh standards. That seems kind of strange to me. Seeming as seeing as uh last year and the year before that E three was sort of toned down and mm. it was supposed to be just for the press, uh and the exclusive press, so the high the high ups. And and they showed off a bunch of uh casual games then. And the audience they showed it off to didn't really care. But now you mm. have uh, huge outlets and and the mainstream outlets like CNN and Fox and stuff going there. So so you'd think they'd try to show some more mainstream stuff to catch that crowd, but I guess they didn't. Well, I'm sure a lot of it, a lot of casual titles uh, got FaceTime, um, but I didn't. I, I when I say casual, I, uh, casual, I um, I mean purely casual games where they're um, it's like mini game compilation for the Wii or um, PlayStation Two. But um, a lot of games did have enough of a general appeal um, that the mainstream outlets would have had something to report. Uh, I think I think I think there's a reason for that. I think a lot of the people that were coming into gaming as quote unquote casual gamers are actually taking the you know uh, the hobby. They want something a little with a little bit more substance, but not so much substance so that it's like drowning them like a like an Elder Scrolls game or something. Hmm. I think um, they're start- they're gradual stepping stones. Singstar Queen was that was a huge yeah. hit for me because I love Queen. Yeah, well, yeah. As you say, you know, the, you feel like it's not. It wasn't targeted toward um, casual people or whatever. I don't know. If I look at all three presentations, I think it actually was. Like, the conclusion to all three presentations was this huge casual thing. Like, Sony introducing their motion controller, that's aimed at casual people. Microsoft introducing um, theirs. uh, Sony was rounded up by a God of War 3 demo. But, yeah, I understand what you're saying. A lot of the big press conferences had. But what I'm going by mostly is the show floor. Um because the main, um, main the, that's where I saw the most of these mainstream outlets. Okay, whereas, that makes sense. Um, the three big conferences were mostly hit up again, um, rather ironically, by big gaming outlets. So again, we have big gaming outlets being treated to the most casual, while the mainstream have access to the general breadth of the show. Um, mm. But yeah, there was a huge, uh, there was a focus towards the casual audience in all three press conferences. But I felt like, um, aside from Nintendo, of course. It was um, it was a minimal portion. Uh, I, I I wasn't at Microsoft, but definitely at Sony. It felt like games, games, games. Oh yeah, uh, motion controller for everyone else. It still looks cool. Um, and more. And we're gonna round out on the biggest game of the year. Hmm. Um, I, I, but yeah, uh, go ahead. I sort of think that uh, with all three, they sort of focused on everyone and not just the casual. They 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 focused, like you said on something that has a general appeal to both hardcore and casual. Um, so last year, Nintendo showed off a bunch of kid games, basically, and grandpa games and stuff. This year, they showed off a healthy mix, and and maybe Wii Sports Resort is something that we all could enjoy, as well as our grandma or our son and daughter. And... Um, and, uh, I mean, yeah. There the was same thing with Sony and and uh, and uh, Microsoft with their motion controllers. I don't think we don't enjoy. I assume that is. Something's exploding. Um, no, that's just fire. It's not a full-on explosion. Oh, okay. Right, I was worried there for a second. Um, no, but if I can speak on the motion controllers here, um, because the uh, the motion controllers, despite being having a general possible audience were still very much reflected in what the company perceived itself as. 
And I know that sounds like duh, but um, Sony still, I mean, the main, um, look at what the demonstrations were for. Um, Sony's uh, conference uh, had motion controlled uh, games, uh, motion controlled games uh, for um, RT. They had an RTS map. They had uh, yeah. uh, they had a shooter. They had what appeared to be a mechanic from an RPG. I mean, these are elements that they could filter into hardcore games, and which is what Sony's press conference to anyone that was there. The, uh, they say when we say the best in gaming, we uh, uh, the best experience in the gaming, we mean it. So, um, so, uh, so, and with Microsoft, yeah, they're trying to get a more general audience, but they still have an idea to uh, filter it into deeper, uh, deeper experiences. Um, well, I shouldn't say deep because that's that's really subjective. That's really on my part. But um, both Sony and Microsoft's technologies can be seen to be used in games, both for casual and especially in Sony's uh, Sony's case, um, hardcore titles. Yeah. Okay. Well, I let's, guess uh, I... let's. Oh, go ahead, Matt. I was going to close out with saying that I guess what I'm saying is that um, Sony and Microsoft. Uh, especially Microsoft's casual stuff, stuff you think about as casual, could actually be fun, even though it's kitty or uh, or you know the the. Oh no no! I'm, I'm, I'm casual is ca- casual is not a synonym with lame for me. No no, no I'm I'm, I'm, no. Not, I'm not saying that. I'm saying the mere mechanic is fun. Uh, the mere one to one action is fun, even though it mm. could it could be punching or. It could be kissing ponies, you know, <laughs> My Little Pony stuff, and it, it would still be still be fun because it's one to one. Kissing ponies? Okay, that's kiss- Yeah, that's creepy. <laughs> what, man. what is it going to be like? Equus the game? <laughs> like Zoophilia Zoo Two on the PS3 with six axis, six axis and rumble controls? Hell, actually, that sounds that sounds like well, something I, you would want to see. I tried to come up with something weird and kitty, and I guess I sort of missed. <laughs> You, you did. You missed. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I let's can guarantee uh, you that game can get a lot of press. <laughs> <laughs> let's actually let's actually start wrapping this up because we actually want uh, want there to be some surprises left for for uh, you know uh, for Gavin's articles when they actually come out. So so let's all take uh, one turn of asking one more question for uh, for Gavin and uh, and Gavin. Since I know you're not the biggest uh, you know uh, casual gamer out there, but you know my wife and I actually do play quite a bit of casual games together. So and and we also have a lot of viewers that that are casual gamers. So in your opinion at the show, what game would my wife and I want to play together? So you're saying best game for the audience of casual players. Exactly. What the, okay. Um well I mean even within the casual market there's a lot of skews that could be uh that could be um targeted by games. Uh if you want to go most overall, um a lot of the a lot of the games I saw um uh, from the rock band or guitar hero are still very uh very much uh, inclined towards a general audience and lego rock band specifically had easier modes had softer songs and that would be really um it felt like pick up and play so that would definitely be a high contender for it um other games in terms of big casual um audience i mean um Nintendo announced the Super Mario Brothers Wii, uh, new Super Mario Brothers Wii, and I think that is going to be, if able to develop it as they um, pictured it in their press conference, which they usually do, that is going to be the game that casual gamers can really get up and uh, get up with. I, I think really that'd be pretty on the DS. I mean, they should really make new Super Mario Bros. Two for the DS because that was one of the better games on that system. 
Oh, I'm sure it will, I'm sure it will be, but um, they re- um, I think the natural sequel progression for them was um, DS is much more their experimental system in terms of software, whereas Wii is experimental in terms of hardware. So successful software on the DS will then get sequels or related products on the Wii, and determining on that success, they will continue back on the DS later. I, and I think that's a very strong business strategy. So uh, I think if you're going to uh, look to the DS for successful software, and it's a good, I, it's a good uh, bet that you're going to see something similar on the Wii later. Mm, cool. All right, Elliot, uh, do you have a question for uh, Gavin? Mm, nope, not really. <laughs> oh, come on. Mots or Kip, any final questions? Um, how was I mean, the hotel? Sure. How was the hotel? <laughs> oh, nickel and dime. It felt like I was in uh, Monsieur Thénardier's hotel from Les Miserables. Uh, Les Miserables. <laughs> and, oh, I, I, I just realized I made a reference to a musical. Wow. Nickel and dime out the ass. Um, I've never had to pay for wireless internet in a, um, in a hotel before, and I think that's an absolute travesty. But the bed was incredibly soft. Very nice. <laughs> good aesthetics, horrible logistics. So, yeah, that was how good it was. What? Did you go to any after parties or anything? Yes, I did. And Randy yeah, was so happy to hear that I did. Um, very briefly. Actually, I think I wasn't supposed to. Uh, I got into the um, GamePro 20th anniversary party for like five minutes. And then security noticed me and started advancing towards me, so I decided the best to get out of there because I had not RSVP'd. <laughs> I don't think I was on any list, but that was that was bu- that was a bumping party. I mean, that was that could, uh, you could have just transposed the location to the uh, Playboy Mansion and it would fit. Not necessarily in terms of sexual uh, sexual activity, but in terms of party activity, it was hopping. And um, the next day, I went to a um, I don't know if it was a party, it was a social gathering. Seemed they were trying to be more mature about it. It was um, so there um, wasn't free booze then. Nope, there was an open bar though. Um, open bar with pe- uh, is it is it an open bar if you have to pay for it? Is that no. what? It, no. Okay. Open bar is I free. Thought, I thought open bar just meant like a full bar spread outside of a usual tavern. So uh, okay, yeah. so there was no, a bar. Um, it was put on by the women in gaming and I. Uh, I'm going to mix up their name, and I'm going to seem horribly racist for it, but uh, I think it was something along the lines of African-Americans in gaming. I'm not sure of their exact th- uh, exact one. I didn't get the full name of their organization, so please uh, huh. apologies for that. But it, um, it was a nice, casual kind of um, drinks and finger food affair. And again, I wasn't on the list, but somehow I managed to uh, get in for a little bit, so went solid snake on their ass. But... Um, yeah, so uh, really fun experiences, but um, the best kind of party scene was actually just a luncheon out, um, after the uh, Sony conference. I talked about it in my recap article, just like um, you know, l- uh, little mini sandwiches and talking with guys from Sony Computer Entertainment. It was just really relaxed. So um, the best party atmosphere was just more cat, uh, more um, discussion related than active partying for me. Very cool. Very cool. Hey, uh, Gavin, again, thanks for going. Uh, and I'm, I'm glad you got to go. Glad you had a great time. And, and, uh, thanks for, you know, joining us on the podcast this week and letting, letting everybody know all about it. Thanks for staying up for me guys across the world. And, uh, thanks for letting me represent, represent you guys. It was an honor and I'm looking forward to bringing up everything, everything else I have and hopefully continuing to do, uh, to do a decent job for us in the future. 
Yeah. Awesome. I, you know, I got to say, I, I was jealous of you being able to go, you know, to, to E3. You know, Gavin got to go to E3 because he actually lives on the left coast, whereas, you know, I, I live on the right coast and, and Kip lives somewhere in the middle and uh, Elliot lives near me and Mott's lives in the future, actually. But, um, <laughs> so that's, yeah, I live that's in the actually, OC, which is. I live in the OC, which is right next to LA County. So, so yeah, since since we kind of uh, we kind of got our E3 passes uh, pretty pretty short notice. Gavin was the only one that got to go, but um, I, I was jealous before. But when I read your, you know, when I read your articles, your E3 roundup articles, uh, it was like jealousy times thirty. I was I, I was kind of like mopey at work. They were like, Randy, what's wrong? I'm here working with you. <laughs> Well, hopefully you guys will be able to come next time because having a team there will greatly help getting a lot more content up because it it will it killed me. Uh, I mean, I am uh, I woke up this morning um, practically comatose. I mean, it is a it is, it is an it is a marathon, um, yeah. and we I didn't even record video. So this was just literally me recording audio and writing. So, it, but I hope we can all go and at least more of us can go next year or in the future to. The beast from hell. Uh, it's a beast from Cloverfield. You guys, <laughs> it's actually, just a beast from McDonald's. You guys don't a, actually know what's going on right now. Like, just let a me, giant let tumbleweed. Me paint, <laughs> let me paint you a picture. Okay, so I, I'm recording from McDonald's for anybody who doesn't know that, right? So first <laughs> I meet McDonald's, right? And I go away from the kids' area because I'm thinking to myself, you know, hey, the kids aren't going to be here. They're going to be in the kids' area. So, you know, of course not, though, right? None of the kids are playing in the thing. They're all just, like, playing around my computer. So <laughs> immediately then I'm like, okay, fine. We're going to play that way. I'll go sit right next to the play thing. So not within five minutes, kids start playing in the thing. So then I'm thinking, okay, I'll go outside of McDonald's and still use their wireless. So I'm sitting under a nice tree outside of McDonald's. Not within five minutes of when I come out here, I swear to God, the biggest truck in the world pulls up next to me, dragging a Jeep behind it. And then two <laughs> motorcycles. And then two Harleys just went by and parked behind that. And this, People this love is on you, the Kip. This they is on the road. This field. isn't the parking lot. This is the road just in the road. Like, it's <laughs> ridiculous. It's completely ridiculous. It's hilarious. Like, there's no winning for me. Awesome, man. Awesome. So, sorry, Kev. All right, let's, so if, uh, let's go. If, if, if I'm coming off as a little pissed off, that's why. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, let's uh, let's start to wrap this up. Let's actually go around and talk about uh, if if anybody's doing anything particularly geeky this week. If you anything that you're playing, anything that you've watched, or anything, uh, Kip, what are you what are you actually up to? We we know you're you're traveling, so let's let's go with you first. If you've done anything I've, at all, I've actually done more gaming in like the last four days than I've probably done over the last year. Like as far as like con- like condensed gaming, um, I've been playing. First of all, let me just say this: if for anybody who's played Punch Out. Fuck you, Aaron Ryan. Aaron Ryan is like, I don't know, thank you for somebody laughing, because they know what I've gone through. Yeah, Aaron he's a douchebag. Aaron Ryan makes you unlearn everything that you've learned about Punch-Out. Like, it's just, he, you have to hit him before he punches you. There's like, the pattern is all messed up. It's not a usual pattern. It's just, it's totally goofy compared to what, it's like, it's like the reverse Punch-Out. And so it, it's preparing you for the further guys on. But oh, is he a bitch? And I hate him. So, 
Anyway, I've been playing a lot. I've been playing a lot of Punch Out, and I've also been. I went back and uh, actually played Symphony for the Night or Symphony of the Night, uh, Castlevania, which yeah. I've never played. Which I've never played before. Yeah, you guys can crucify me for that. Um, <laughs> anyway, and that game is just. Oh my God, is that hard? I, yeah. I just feel like I'm. In, oh my God, both games I've been playing have just been so brutally difficult. You know, there there's a point in that game though, Kip, where like uh, the difficulty just totally stops and you like own everybody in the entire damn castle. Oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> I'd like yeah. to get there. Yeah, because I'm just I'm fighting these giant. What they're basically X Men Sentinels, only they have mace balls. Yep. <laughs> it's like wow. Like if X Men Sentinels weren't powerful enough, you know, and then you gotta you give them a mace ball. Why not? So. Cool. Um, Gavin, what about you? I know you did the whole E3 thing, but uh, have you done anything else this week that you, you wanted to let the listeners know about? Uh, in terms of geeky, it's the kind of stereotypical characterization I'm thinking of, right? <laughs> in terms of activities? Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. I have the biggest, I have a, bi- a pretty big uh, geeky thing. Elliot's probably going to be on my side here. The biggest announcement that made me happy that I didn't already know or am I already expecting for later on is um, Secret of Monkey Island Special Edition and Tales oh, of God. Monkey Island yes. coming to the yes, yes, yes. <laughs> And what I've been doing in between in the biggest gaming show in the in the universe and with all the exclusives and all these big games, during lunchtime, I'm watching behind the scenes and making up videos for Secret of Monkey Island Special Edition <laughs> and Tales of Monkey Island for WiiWare and PC. Yeah. So I've completely geeking out that and i've downloaded final fantasy 7 on the psn and i am just squeeing like a little fan girl it's just <laughs> so much fun i i love i love that game it's overrated but i still uh, it's it's still a pleasure to play especially yes it is I have my psp so yes that it is, is. my geeky affair so far that and i've been reading a lot of edge magazine which is incredibly geeky <laughs> cool <laughs> elliot what about you are you uh you up to anything geeky this week what? I gotta just cut in. You guys actually have Edge over there? Um, yeah, yeah the, we um, E3 actually had free copies of the latest issue, but yeah, you can pick it up at um, the bigger reta- uh, retailers, like um, the big like Barnes, Barnes and Noble, not the little ones. Yeah. yeah, well, the big ones. Little Barnes oh. and Nobles don't necessarily have it. We finally have something in common. <laughs> Edge magazine's incredible. I love it. Yeah. The review staff is harsh as hell, but it's a great magazine. Mm. Not better than I, us. Come on. I just feel like I feel like well I feel I feel like Andy, a gaming magazine yeah, nowadays is almost like like the New York like the New York the New Yorker or something. It's just like this old thing that's going out of style. I mean, I can get up to the minute news in a quicker time than I can go buy the magazine. By the time the magazine comes out, it's already on the internet. Yeah, I think well, that's yeah. the reason you read Edge is for the features. Yeah. Yeah. And the but, uh, and the advertisements for gaming um, courses and um, studios that they have. But no, uh, print periodicals are, are on their way out, and it's yeah, going to yeah. take some serious um, manipulation on their part to complete with the internet, and I don't see it happening. Yeah. I'm a print graphic designer, guys. Oh. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, I can't do the voice from The Simpsons, but ha-ha. So just, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Holy crap, that was creepy. That was <laughs> weird, actually. <laughs> um, um, Elliot, we, you were about to tell us what uh, geeky stuff you were doing. Um, well, like Gavin, I was just ecstatic about Monkey Island, although I do not really approve of the art style of, you know, the, uh, the enhanced remake of the original. I think yeah, that they, movie. they totally messed up Guybrush's hair. And I'm probably the only one on the planet who thinks that worth, that's worth complaining about, but 
it is. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking forward to the Tales of Monkey Island because uh, Telltale Games did a great job with uh, Sam and Max. And, and a lot of their staff are old hands from LucasArts yeah, Adventure. Games, yeah. So. But mostly... Well, I'm really excited about the uh, PS3 and Xbox 360 version of Castlevania, mostly because Robert Carlyle is in it. And oh, you mean the you mean the you mean the generic action game that later became Castlevania uh, became Castlevania, yeah. right? Uh, not, it it's has, not generic. It it's, has Robert Carlyle, so I mean, I'm yeah. happy. I mean, well, and it's I got just Kojima, right? It's got Kojima, right? Sort of. Well, it's Kojima Productions. We're not sure uh, how much no. they are working on it. Thing is, they're not even because uh, because it's Konami that's publishing it, right? And it's uh, what's Merker's something that's uh, developing it. So he's he's basically supporting it, uh, yeah. and that means he's putting his name next to it to make it sell. So basically, so Kojima. Just... So basically, Kojima is becoming the Quentin Tarantino of video games. Yeah, like he's just catching. That, that, you know that's a, I don't that want that him touching fair... Castlevania. I don't want that him touching a... Castlevania. Too late. I mean, he's touching it. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's a, okay. out of it. He's a good designer in terms of stealth, but I always thought that the, you know the action sequences of Metal Gear Solid they were stiff. I mean, the control scheme for Metal Gear Solid is much better suited for a stealth game. But more often than not, you're facing off against you know enemies in an action type setting. So no complaints over the overly complex and uh, rather. Blatantly philosophical undertones to his writing. Just <laughs> all oh, the oh, complaints. No. I, I, mean, I, I, I could talk for hours about how much I loathe his writing and his plot lines. I mean, he has a couple of good characters, but his work is in dire need of editing. You know, I could talk I, for I really hours about how much I love it. <laughs> uh, actually, um, I think it's okay. great. I think, yeah, but um, think Metal Gear Solid Three needs no editing. Ha! Huh. There, mm-hmm. said it. I think that I think no, that we that is I think true. we would be very foolish for us to say that Kojima is responsible for all of Metal Gear Solid. He he basically writes the stories and produces the game, but I mean his whole team, the team behind Metal Gear Solid. So to say like, oh, the action in those games sucks, so therefore in Castlevania it's going to suck. Well, there's a, there's about probably 200 other people that are going to have input on that as well. So yeah, that's true. It's it's the auteur problem, but it's. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's hard to it's hard to dissuade from that. Sorry. Yeah, that's okay. I mean, that's just a point I wanted to bring up or whatever. So, Kip is good at playing devil's advocate. You could tell that's him about like about how you love to like you know throw babies off of a cliff, and he would like tell you why it was bad. Oh wait, no, that is a bad thing. He could tell you why it was good. <laughs> Randy, what do you do on the weekends? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. Hey, so... I'm supposed to be the creepy guy. <laughs> so, yeah, and you're right. I'm supposed to be the. Re- I'm supposed to be the respectable guy. I'm supposed to be the yeah. uh, the editor in chief. <clears throat> so, uh, uh, Mons, what are you playing this week, then, there, sir? Uh, <laughs> wait, wait, you're John Wayne now? What? <laughs> <laughs> no, you're John Wayne, Wayne. Pilgrim. Pilgrim. <laughs> Besides the tortured soul, I'm playing um, Infamous. And, oh no, uh, yeah, me too, me too. And uh, something else that I can't remember. Something <laughs> must be memorable. Oh, uh, I played the demo for Fight Night 4. Oh, was how was it? Oh, is that? that was good. If you who's like in the de- de- is it, Who's in the demo? Is it Tyson versus Ali? No, it's two guys I've never heard of. Oh. But I'm uh, not into boxing that much. I just like punching uh, people. 
I just I don't like watching them, <laughs> watching other po- people punching each other. I like actually doing it. So wait, uh, wait, you're you're not you're into boxing, staff, but you're in punching people. What is boxing? Can you define that for me? <laughs> yeah, I'm, boxing I'm, has rules. Punching people doesn't. Plus, plus, <laughs> no, I'm boxing. Sorry, I'm, boxing is I'm, other people punching each other. <laughs> okay, I don't care about that. Allow me just to characterize the Elder Geek staff. We have one of our editors loves punching people, and the, and our editor in chief spends Sundays reenacting the opening scene from Three Hundred. Yeah. <laughs> uh. If that's not the advertisement for the best site in the world, I have no idea how anyone. Jesus. And then Whoa. Kip's got a Harley. That's right. <laughs> Kip, Kip attacks a, children wherever he goes. I would just like to add that that's a third Harley. That's a third <laughs> Harley right there. That's not one of the original two. That's number three. So. Awesome. Um, as, as far as what I'm duking, du- duking geeky this week. Great. Now you got me thinking about John Wayne. <laughs> that's what the, I don't what is the about. Du- I don't think about other thing that's that said Duke. <laughs> um, all right, so what I what I've done this week, geeky, is uh, I've actually played through Infamous uh, as the evil way. I actually played it through as the good way. Uh, I I played through it as the evil way uh, to uh, to do the good versus evil thing for for the website. Nice. Um, I also uh, I also started playing uh, Sims Three the other night for review for the site and. Um, uh, my life is better than my Sims life. They're <laughs> <laughs> bad at it. I no, I just uh, I suck at the Sims, and I, I sucked at the first Sims too. But I, I really, really want to give this an honest try, uh, an honest try, um, because I mean, as far as games go, with with huge, huge followings, there there are few with bigger followings than the Sims or you know World of Warcraft, and. Um, yeah. I kind of want to get a feeling for that. I want to be able to understand that mentality and, and do a proper review for our website. So I'm trying to go through it. It's just that right now my sim is in its beginning phase. And, and I'll show video footage and shit of this on the site. It's actually kind of funny. My sim looks just like me. But uh, he's, like, yelling at me because, uh, you know, because he's unhappy because he doesn't have a couch and shit. And, uh, and uh, you know, he, he's pretty much Kill everything him. that I'm. I, I put in all the statistics of, like, you know, what I am and, and to him, like, you know, I, I'm more of the artistic kind of person, you know, that I, I put down that he, he laughs a lot and all this kind of shit. But God damn it, my sim is freaking lazy. Like, he misses work all the time. And anybody that knows me, that that's not me at all. Well, and I'm like, if he, I'm if like maybe go if he had a couch. Maybe if he had a couch, he'd be able to relax and be able to go work more, Randy. You have to maybe. steal him in the house and See? delete all the bathrooms. <laughs> Death see, by dysentery. See, here. that's the only way to play Sims to me. It's to first use the cheat to make yourself filthy rich, and then build just an build awesome a house. Month, yeah, build an awesome house, and then kill everything. Exactly. Matt, do you like punching yeah. people and building houses where people die? You're scaring me, man. Yeah, he loves he so. loves the Saw movies, so this makes sense. Well, not so, for the glory. So. Your ultimate sim is a rich guy who sits in his room and pisses himself all day. <laughs> just, wanted to, he, just wanted to clarify. Does he does he build the spruce moose at all by any chance as well? You know, or, or um, the what? Wow, that was good. That was a good joke, and I love Thank it. You. But I don't Thank think you. Thank you. I hope a few of our I hope a few of our listeners got it as well. But anyway. Um, uh, let's see what else. Um, I'm also going through my, I'm continuing to go through my X-Files DVDs. When, whenever I have like a big design project, I always pop in X-Files DVDs and just watch them from beginning to end. I, I love that show. Um, that's I've it. That's all it. I've done. Hey, Randy. What? You know, when I have, yeah. Wait, cut, cut. Don't fire me. 
You're out. I've, I've, ne- I've never seen the X-Files, ever. Oh, uh, my I actually God. Watched, I actually recently watched an episode for a class of mine. I was actually studying the X-Files, which I found, thought was very interesting. Hey, okay, hey, Elliot, Elliot, you have to redeem yourself now. What other really geeky thing do you watch? Uh, well, okay, wait, let me think. Uh, what geeky hey, thing Elliot. do I watch? Okay, I hey, watch Elliot, a I'm lot of Star Wars. Yeah, and right. okay. I'm going to help you out, so, Elliot. Not only okay. do I not watch X-Files, but I think it sucks. <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna beat. I'm gonna beat all. Nope, nope. I got it. I got it. Um, this would probably put my job in jeopardy, but I got something beats you all. I don't like. I I've never watched a Star Trek film except for the recent one. Don't like it. Don't like Star Wars. Even even the even the first three. Don't like yeah. them. Yeah. It's just like Gavin. I love you. Yay! I'm your friend. <laughs> I hired the biggest non-geeks for my geek website. What oh the hell God. is going on here? You guys are all I mean, normal. I mean, I love Star Wars, except, you know, for, you know, the new trilogy, which should be, you know, just buried and forgotten and remade once George Lucas is dead. <laughs> Why no, is Randy, it so bad? Like, what's so bad about the new trilogy? Oh, Jar well, Jar Binks, George oh, Lucas, deal. George Lucas can't write. I mean, not George anymore. Lucas, he, no, no, Elliot, he never could write. That's what um, the main problem of the next, the newest three, is that George Lucas cannot direct. His actors are terrible because they he, they don't receive clarification and work with George Lucas. Well, yeah, that that's is why true. the only good ones are the actors with thirty years of experience. Alec Guinness in the first one, Ewan McGregor in the new ones. Um, okay. Those that are relatively new suck, and it's not their fault. And you the, have there, to you direct. Know, there's a reason that, you know, Empire and Jedi were the best, just because Lucas didn't direct those. And the new ones, it takes a lot of, or rather, the lack of a lot of skill to make great actors like Ian McDermott look bad, you know, make Samuel L. Jackson look bad, make Yoda look bad. It's easy I to mean, make Samuel L. Jackson look bad. Like how, yeah. dude, Yoda kicked, I don't even <laughs> he understand. He does it himself. Yoda kicked ass in all no. six movies. No, 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 no. Okay. What Elliot is trying to say, and what I agree with him is, Yoda was a stoic, um, reserved character with, that held strength that didn't need to be accessed through flipping around. Exactly. And exactly. I started laughing out loud when he started, you know, fighting at the end of episode two. It looked so incredibly goofy. I mean, it was like uh, um, a gnome he's a, on he's, he's speed. A, he, that's kind of what he is. Yeah, but Yoda's meant, to, Yoda's meant to, you know, walk around. He's meant to have this awesome power, but who, he's never meant to display you? it beyond, who you are, know. Who are you to declare what Yoda should do? Because <laughs> George Lucas uh, Kip, not oh my God. No, no, no. Stop hey, Kip, this. Kip. No, Kip, no, we have a reason why we know what Yoda is. Because every single character in the, that has appeared in the Star Wars universe in the original trilogy, is based on uh, hundreds of uh, either hundreds of years and definitely throughout cinema's representation of classical character archetypes. It is yeah. the manipulation and the destruction of these archetypes in the new films that have made them to be rather distasteful. And in addition, the implementation, the over implementation of uh, computer ge- uh, generated technology, yeah. as opposed to the original films that utilized a lot of puppetry and animatronics, which made and it, it feel more visceral more and more real. Yeah, I mean, you, know, you know what? All you just all you just said was a bunch of mumbo jumbo that didn't d- contradict my point at all. Like 
it's George Lucas. He made Yoda. He can do what he wants. And if you do know even more about the backstory of Star Wars, it's all based off Carl Jung's theory of human existence, pretty much, about the collective unconscious, the small leather, small leatherly dwarf, the archetypes that are based on Carl Jung's archetypes. And so, like, it's his interpretation of those archetypes. Like, we can say, like, oh, it's because of this visual reason he did this, blah, 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 blah. To me, when Yoda fought the Emperor, that was, like, the greatest geek fantasy of me of all time. Like, that I'm was what I wanted to see. The thing, is, thing is, Carl Jung is full of shit. How do you there you go, Matt. Say that? Thank you. You can't just say that. Well, in my opinion. Hundreds of philosophers agree with us. <laughs> That's the point. Yeah. But okay, no, Kip, um, but Kip, despite where these archetypes done, it's not... It's not the, um, it's not the fact that he's using them, uh, manipulate them. It's the fact that he can't keep them within some. Uh, he keeps changing them. He keeps yeah. reinventing them. And that, while it's nice to do in you know different films that are connect, uh, different films in different places and different universes, he it makes this world incredibly inconsistent and unrelatable. Yes. Which is uh, which is why a lot of people felt betrayed with the new Star Wars because he changed it so much. I mean, there's I a reason say, that you can make a fundamental divide between the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy. There are essentially two completely different organisms because the, un- the Star Wars universe in episodes one through three is not the same Star Wars universe as episodes four through six. Absolutely. This, this is well, what I think is time. going on. This is what I think is going on. When we were little kids, we really bought into Star Wars. Now that we're adults, when we're, now that we're adults and we look back at it, it becomes silly. It's like, this is silly. Jar Jar Binks is silly. If we swapped Jar Jar Binks with Chewbacca, we would have no difference. Like, it would be like, oh, I just said that. Yeah, deal um, with it. I'm actually agreeing with Kip on this one. Yeah. yeah. Um, I can still watch the original trilogy. You know, if I can watch the original theatrical trilogy, then I still love it. No, Kip, then what you about, still have nostalgia. Kip, what about if I didn't like the films as a kid, and I still don't like them now? What does that mean? I mean How's that, how's that, that, doesn't, that doesn't that's, mean anything. That's fine if you don't like them. But to say, but like, oh, there's, there's, there's no difference. There's no di- I'm saying that people who, who reject the new films but love the old films, there's a nostalgia factor in there that you have to, you have to acknowledge. If you don't like Star Wars, that's fine. That's fine. Like, but don't, don't critique it then from like, oh, this is why I, I like the first one, but I dislike the second one. I'm not, say- I'm not saying – I'm not critiquing from that perspective. I'm, criti- I'm critiquing from the, the difference I'm between critiquing. the two. What? Never mind. I just, uh, I mean, I, I mean, I'm pretty sure that if you took someone who hadn't seen any, and you showed them all six, they would definitely that. say that the first three had know, worse acting. Yeah, the first three did have worse acting. Wait, the first three meaning one, two, three, or the first three made? The first three made. made. Okay. They had terrible acting, admit it. All no, six made terrible never, acting. Yeah, but I've never liked Terry Ford, period. So I yeah. can't really have, get judged. Have that. you heard have you heard any lines that come out of Luke Skywalker's mouth? I mean they're terrible. <laughs> like so, yeah, oh, don't but, do that. Don't play with the flashlight, Yoda. Oh jeez. <laughs> yeah. That's but not true. That's they impossible. Make s- exactly. They make sense with get it. They make sense within the Star Wars universe. You see, it was fine because, you know, Star Wars 
the, one of the good things about it is that it was kind of kitschy and kind of campy, you know, kind of like this elaborate and melodramatic space opera. But then George Lucas tries to make it all serious and, you know, just political artistic. undertones. Yeah, very exactly. much so. And it was it was just one of the worst decisions worst decisions ever made. And well, there was George one Lucas, line that I was like, "Go I ahead, mean, Elliot. I have one." George have Lucas one. should. I'm out. Episode one was silly and campy, and people hated it. They were like, "This is too silly and campy." Well, that's because the stupid little shit playing Anakin Skywalker had absolutely no talent, and you know he should have been. How do you think? Hey, that? be nice to Jake Lloyd. He's a kid actor working with George Lucas. You have nothing to hope for there. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, it's it's, okay. it's basically structured as a family film. Yeah, there was one. You know, that's what pissed me off about it. There's a one line in the second film that emphasized Elliot's point of the transition between serious, uh, campy and seriousness. It's, um, hold me Anakin Senate... like you did on Naboo hmm? or hold no, me um, Anakin like you did on Naboo. That's, no, that's just, uh, that's just, uh, bad writing. But as yeah. the Senate is voting to give power to Palpatine, uh, it zooms in on, um, Padme and she says, um, so this is how democracy dies with overwhelming applause. It was a reference to the um, to actions from the Bush administration, and here we have, uh, you that's, know, it goes. From your, wait, 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 wait. That's your interpretation. No, I, um, no, that's an uh, interpretation gauged by. Um, uh, Can't make it. Mag- that's an a magazine interview. A magazine interview with um, a Lucas a Lucas representative. Oh come on, he he'll no. say anything to so- sound smart. Yeah. Oh well, okay. I mean, that do, it does fit. I mean, it's stupid, and it it seems like something stupid enough for Lucas to do. But yeah, you know, but he I'm, didn't write that thing alone. Eh, that's true. Yeah, but yeah. as the director, he has the final say on whether or not something is shit and something isn't. And yeah, you know, so he turns it's to appalling that smarter he, than him and says, "Is no, this a good idea?" It's appalling that he didn't recognize you know parts of the movie as just being almost unwatchable. The whole entire political subplot for the entire prequel trilogy was completely unnecessary. I mean, it's Star Wars. You just need to know who the rebels are, who the Empire is, and that's it. Okay, do we not do we not remember from the first three movies when they talk about like the very first thing is like finally the Senate has been disbanded? Yeah, like, but that's all like that one stuff line was there. All that stuff was there. Like the whole no, story that... is about, the whole story is about a revolution over an empire. That's what the story yeah. is about. But well, the difference in that and the new no trilogy is boring oh. scenes. They're no long boring scenes exactly. taking within the Senate hearing, you know, a bunch of no name characters talk about their, you know, stupid problems and talking about embargoes on Naboo and all of that bullshit and, you know, trade sanctions. And I mean, what the hell? This is not, you know, CNN. This is Star Wars. It's meant to be. <laughs> Although know, both just... contain James Earl Jones. Just want to yes. throw that out there. Oh, wow. <laughs> Uh, I think You're the fact fired. that I, I think <laughs> I can't believe I can't believe I'm arguing that Star Wars is good. <laughs> Somebody, to four people that work on an Elder Dash Geek site. Like, I want you to realize the ridiculousness of this. Like, hey, I mean, uh, I, I'll, I'll say I, this: I never, ever thought that the special effects in the as besides the Yoda jumping around, ruined the movie. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I may not like Star Wars. I may not like the big geeky things, but I am a geek in a lot of other senses. Like yeah. I'm a huge film geek. So, and oh, yeah. every, uh, you know, um, cult so, geek. Every, I, 
popular things so you're I recognizing, hate. So you got to recognize your bias right there, that you're a film geek watching a casual movie. Absolutely. I, I've, yeah. I've never denied that bias. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that by any, you know, it's stupid Star Wars is by, yeah, Star Wars is not, you know, a great film. You know, it's entertainment. It's something that you don't really have to think about. It's something that's, you know, fun to watch. Fun, you know, it has a sort of iconic is, status, I think, but I think it's it not a great, a great film. film. I think it is I, a great film. What? Is, what? Not, how do you define a great film? By lots of people enjoying it? No. No. That, that you can't define it, art. Probably. You you can't define art. Once you start oh, defining saying, art, you get in trouble. I'm not saying I'm not saying it's not art. It's just you know, based on what I've seen, it's not a great film. It's a good movie, and it's. <laughs> uh, okay, so what's the difference between film and movie then? <laughs> well, about three hundred dollars in production budget. Yeah. Okay. Star Wars is a movie. Um, but Francois Truffaut's Le Quatre Sans Coup is a film. Wow, I think you, you just out me in terms of film. That's really difficult to do. I hope you realize how how <laughs> powerful that was. <laughs> well, I think what I think the difference between a movie and a film is the um, level of academic support for a film. Whereas if a, if a film if a movie develops a certain sort of uh, study studying following and becomes discussed in well in in terms of realms of theory and um, cinematic aesthetics like um, shots or um, yeah. camera techniques that's the way to become a film air quotes as opposed to a movie air quotes yeah I mean no one I mean not many people discuss you know the shots and the technical aspects of Star Wars beyond the special effect most of the time it's just discussion about you know the most academic kind of discussion I've ever heard about Star Wars was uh, how it ties into Buddhism and other types of uh, Eastern uh, philosophy but beyond that nothing much actually the most yeah, it's, it's a complete um, ripoff of Carl Jung's theory. I mean, to the to the letter. Okay. So, all right, film geek <laughs> film geek reference here. The best academic uh, analysis of Star Wars ever was in Chasing Amy, where one of the characters made the film out to be racist against black people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. What's but, a uh, Nubian? Let's uh, <laughs> let's close this thing out. Um, yeah, we've been. Uh, I think we talked about Star Wars more than we talked about E3. Yeah. Wait, what? What's that? What that? What was that thing after Star Wars? I'm sorry, I, it, nothing matters. Wait, there's three Ewoks. <laughs> the oh, E3 X Pro. All right, Kip right. closes out on Star Wars. Okay, final summary of Star Wars. A lot of people, when they were little kids, loved it. And a lot of people had impossibly high expectations. And George Lucas is old and has slowly, like, ruined his life through, like, you know, like Indiana Jones. I mean, everything that he touches turns to shit. I think we can all agree on that from this point on. I think we can all agree that, like, he he has definitely lost his touch a little bit, you know, for sure, to, to one degree or another. But I think also the film, it's like the movie Fanboys, if you've seen it. Like, the movie has impossible. It has impossibly high expectations. So, you know, overall, I think we all made really great points. And, you know, I think that's what the discussion's all about. So. <laughs> all right. Should I, uh, should I close out the show? No, let's, um. 
Do the, uh, do so, well, speaking Randy. about Indiana Jones, let's go into depth about the analysis of the first three as opposed to Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Elliot, I believe you can start this time. Uh, <laughs> Ron, I actually start. didn't. I actually Let thought that. Uh, there's, shut there's up. Oh. Shut up. <laughs> Nothing. No. I actually didn't like Raiders. I thought that Last Crusade was oh better than God. Raiders. Okay, there's no aliens. I, End of discussion. Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. Anyway. Thanks yeah, everybody. The list, if, you, if you've if everybody uh, if, if you've made it this far into the podcast, thanks for listening, everybody. Um, as always, we do actually print uh, uh, user submitted reviews and features and uh, and anything else that anybody else would want to send our way. So please uh, send send us work. We'll be more than happy uh, if it's good enough to actually post it on the site. Um, and actually, we are still looking for you know more full time writers actually for on the site. Unfortunately, we we can't pay you anything. Um, as always, please uh, subscribe to us on iTunes, uh, subscribe to our Facebook group. Uh, we also have a YouTube subscription, and uh, we also have our forums. So um, that should be about it. You can also probably find us a little bit on Viddler and Rever as well. Um, and also, don't forget to uh, don't forget to sign up for applications for Geek of the Week. Um, we're going to um, – well, actually, we'll do Geek of the Week next week. That's it for me and uh, for Mots and Kip and Elliot and this week, Gavin. Say bye, guys. Bye. bye. Later. I'm surprised nobody said bye, guys. Bye, guys. <laughs> bye, guys. Yes. There we go. That joke is beneath me, Randy. Yeah. <laughs> Later, dude.